Welcome to Chromodiversity, a podcast for clinicians, therapists, and families dedicated to common genetic differences. My name is Elliot Pollock, founder of the Chromodiversity Foundation, and I'll be your host. Today I'm with Peter Street from the Hunter Valley in New South Wales, Australia. Peter had a career in sales and marketing and owned and ran a furniture shop with his wife for 15 years. He has two siblings, two older brothers and a sister. Through medical intervention, he's had a son and has two grandchildren. Peter also happens to have an extra X chromosome, something that he found out quite late in life. Hello, Peter. Thank you for joining me today. Elliot, thank you for having me. It's a joy to be able to join with you and find out more about this extra chromosome. How old were you when you found out? 63 years of age, so that is very late in life to be finding out. I hadn't been feeling well for a while, both mentally and physically. I went to my family practitioner just to have a check over because I was feeling down and out. And he said my testosterone levels were too low. So he sent me off to an endocologist and we had a good talk about my history and everything, especially the part about infertilities. He actually listened and he asked a few more questions. He did another blood test and that blood test revealed that, yes, I had KS syndrome. I had 47 double XY. It answered a lot of questions and doubts that I had about myself and the sense of being and feeling different to family and friends over the years. And then after a period of time, I started to look back over my years and I went through an emotional process from relief of finding out what it was, but to anger. I started questioning why at least three family doctors, a neurologist, a university anthropologist and a psychiatrist all overlooked and missed the basic signs for KS. I became angry with myself for being this way and angry with the medical system for missing the basic indicators. KS back then was easily overlooked in 1955 when I was born. However, how many telltale signs did they need in front of them? There was infertility, a slight speech impediment, poor muscle tone, overweight, lack of focus, abnormal growth of men's breasts, depression, deafness, plus a general clumsiness about myself. I have a good friend of 20 years standing who is a family GP. I never went to him as a GP as he is a friend first. After 20 years of socialising with him and he knows me very well, not even he picked up that I had KS. He was totally stunned when I told him and he could not believe it. And he just looked at me and he said, why you've been overlooked is because you've short height. He said, people just saw your short height, which is unusual for KS. And end of story. No more research required. How do I feel now? Well, as they say, it is what it is. I have a choice. I can either be and continue to be angry with myself and the medical system and just keep hurting myself and not liking myself, or I can accept it and go with the flow because I now understand what has and is happening to me. Some days I am somewhere in between those two points. Learning to accept myself because I haven't achieved what I've wanted to in life just 
generally being angry, not at other people directly, but just angry at myself when I make a mistake or something, I will dress myself down. And I've got to learn to be patient and more forgiving of my shortcomings. But this has always been a life battle for me as far back as I can remember. Trouble was, back then, I never knew what I was battling. It was getting into a boxing ring with your opponent as the invisible man. You never saw where he was. You never saw where the punches were coming from. I didn't need to be a winner. I just needed to be up there in the mainstream. Yeah, it was about three, three and a half years ago. There was no counselling at all when I was told. The androcologist I was sent to for the low testosterone was very empathetic in manner when he told my wife and myself. He said that it was something that you have to learn to live with and there is no cure. Teaching me to live with it was not his area of practice. Plus, I wasn't a child or teen that had just been diagnosed. These days with prenatal testing, Early intervention is very quick for the family. Elliot, this is where I get annoyed with the medical areas of KS. Because there's a birth ratio of, say, 1 into 600 or 650 for KS, practitioners who want to specialise in something will look at the low number for genetic differences and say, gee, I don't think there is enough numbers to make a worthwhile practice out of this. I will find another area of expertise with a higher default ratio, so I've got a guaranteed clientele. The system will probably prove me wrong on this, but that's the way the system has made me feel. So many times I've been asked, what is KS or what is 47XXY by medical people when, I do, when I've got to go into hospital for day surgery for my bladder cancer and eye treatments. So many have a passing knowledge of it, but very few get into the deep with it. Specialist counselling is difficult if you live in regional areas, and especially at my age, because it's not designed for senior people, it's designed for younger people with families coming up. And that is fair enough, I don't have anything against that. Cancer, eyes and podiatries, etc., etc., is not an issue when needed. So to me, it gets back to being a numbers game in the marketplace. That's how a business plan works. It's based on the num number of people surrounding you. If I lived in a major capital city of a few million people, I guess it would be different. I have all the major needs an hour away with the world-leading medical university hospital, John Hunter Hospital. But finding someone that can talk to you about KS is another matter. I'm seeing a psychologist over my anger that I aim at myself. I had asked him before our first meeting to research KS, but I felt he needed to know about it to help me understand or for him to understand me better. Sadly, he never got around to it. And I had to explain a couple of times where and how the effects of KS. He admits it's had a big impact on me. However, he is approaching me from a different angle, taking in the syndrome impacts. But it's just a shame that once again, he never got around to doing even a little bit of research. He is doing a good job and I'm happy to work with him. Counselling for KS these days mostly goes towards parents with young KS children and rightly so. They need it more than I. For people like myself being discovered at 63, I can only go to a psychologist to help me to adjust my attitude 
when I've been down for a while, then you end up educating them about KS. To give you an idea, here's some of the bits of conversation that I've had with specialists over the years. The urologist that I was first sent to when I was about 27 for infertility. After a physical examination, he said, do you come from a large family of siblings? I said, I'm the last of four. He's come to back to me was, well, there you go again. You're the runt of the litter. That remark cut so deep, it still resonates today, 40 years on. The university andriologist, after explaining I was a breech birth and was in intense care a few days before my mum could touch me, upon reading the notes that were that was sent to him, I had a damaged nerve that was not allowing me to produce enough or no tadpoles, as they say, a result from my difficult birth with mum. He was respectful and was able to show able to allow us to have a family by medical intervention. This guy was a blessing to us. He was empathetic, he listened, and he took time to explain. He helped us have a family. Still, there was no questioning in his mind the possibility of KS. He just looked at the reports involved, and it just didn't occur to him, I think. He was happy with the reports my GP had sent him. The psychiatrist, after being treated for clinical depression and talking about infertility being the catalyst for my depression, told me that the depression is a chemical imbalance and it is something you were born with. It can be triggered off by a negative impact in your life. There is nothing to test for it as it does not show up in blood tests. However, we treat it with Prozac and you should start to feel better in, in about six weeks and we'll talk issues over, uh, over in that period of time. 40 years on, at age 63, the androcologist I was sent to, his remarks to me were, after listening to your history and noticing your low testosterone level with a blood test, I have to confirm you have KS syndrome. He gave us time to explain it. He was respectful and caring. He went the extra mile, and it was only six months ago while being treated in oncology for bladder cancer that the nurse treating me asked me about my medical history. I told her that I, that I had KS. She just looked at me stunned. She said, you're not tall enough for KS. At last, I found a person who had some formal education in this syndrome. Although no formal counselling for KS with her, it was a breath of fresh air to find someone who knew something about it or had even heard of it. But to find her in oncology of all places, finally, I find the correct person in oncology just as my treatment comes to a positive close after three years. Now, as explained earlier, I'm back with the psychologist learning to like and forgive myself to get my head in the now and not holding a grudge that holds me back. We are getting there. It is 90% KS related from my perspective. That sums up my genetic counselling for KS. But hey, you've got to play the cards that are dealt to you. What do you understand today about this genetic difference? Elliot, to be honest, totally nothing. Or, well, not totally nothing, a little bit. But until this interview, I'd only heard of 47 XXY or KS syndrome, and I'd never heard of the term genetic difference. 
I've tried to get my head around it in, on my own using Google research, but I don't understand it enough. It's beyond me. My basic understanding is that I have an extra chromosome that has had a major impact on my life. Something that I have struggled and battled with and not knowing what it was I was battling against. The major problem is that people with undiagnosed KS syndrome or any chromosome variant, I should imagine, they don't know what they're struggling with. It's like getting into a boxing ring with against your competitor that's called the invisible man again. The effects of KS also depends on, upon the depths of severity upon the body and mind. Two males can have different levels of severity affecting their life. Many people with uh, genetic variation say they felt different from other kids growing up. Did you feel different? And if so, how? Oh, certainly, Elliot. Certainly. Feeling different is very correct indeed. You feel different because your test results in class always seem to be below average. You felt different because you always ran last in, in the race. You felt different because your coordination and speed on the sports fields is not good. You felt different because on scout bushwalks, you were always late getting into camp with people getting impatient waiting on you. You felt different because my hearing didn't allow me to keep up with conversations correctly. Being in scouts was a wonderful education in life. It taught me the importance of being in a team, although I always felt reluctant to join in because I felt different. It gave me a chance for leadership. The importance of teamwork in our local surf club, patrolling surf beaches at weekends also helped me. But there is also a working life, your career with teamwork as well. Being both physically slow and with K and with KS affects your mental quickness to grasp situations within a team made me feel different. I found it best where I was working on my own, doing my own planning and working my own pace to get the results I required. I have been a one-man show. My wife and I ran our own furniture retail business for about 12 to 15 years or so. Sadly, we had to walk away from that with them when a bad recession hit. I blame myself for this and closing our shop because I felt that I had not worked hard enough to for its survival. Again, KS speaking to me. Even today, I am semi-retired, driving a taxi a couple of days a week, and it gives me the chance to think, plan and work my own pace. I love my taxi driving and I have a great communication with my co-workers, regular customers and tourists that visit this area. The job is over and done with in a short period, not requiring long-term focus. Bang, you're then on to your new job and your communication on your communication screen. Plus, there is no stress with the job. My diminished hearing from birth, I felt, played a negative impact on obtaining quality educational trades or getting a trade certificate behind me. With poor hearing from birth, I was advised not to go into a trades industry with a heavy machinery as I would lose the rest of my hearing. This was not knowing KS was playing its part. Another area I have never been good at is long-term focus. The second impact and is in socialising in a group situation. Sitting at home with one or two guests where you have a good old chin wag or discussion is good. Going out socially to a club or restaurant is hard, as a lot of voices at the same time don't, doesn't help your focus on what's being said, even when using hearing aids. Again, you feel left out and different. 
even today, this feeling of difference impacts upon me. I have some wonderful, caring, close friends of 10 to 40 years or more standing. We're a very close-knit bunch. Most of this group has bachelor's degrees, teaching masters, and a psychologist masters behind them. All very professional people. I guess I am professional in my sales career, but I have no formal education. One has the Order of Australia Medal for his community work with returned veterans. Another is a known author for research on military history. We are bonded from youth and time. Even today, as much as I love this special group with their wives, I fell out of my depth. I look and observe them and I think, oh, wow, I'm out of my depth with this lot. I have their respect. You can just be sitting there having a great time with laughs and you miss something obvious in the conversation and I get a, a short, I get a sort of numb feeling coming over me. So I back off a bit and I laugh with the crowd and I follow the body language without getting over-involved in the conversation for fear of appearing a fool. I expressed these feelings to one of my close mates in this group. He reassured me I was very respected and wanted and loved in that group. Being told these words and feeling the warmth in them are two different things. However, how do you retrain or rewire a damaged, aged brain that's been badly wired from conception? There is a lot of work in stopping yourself and telling yourself, stop with the attitude and change your thinking. Peter, can you tell me what you enjoyed most as a kid and what you perhaps struggled most with when you were young? Yeah, I had a great childhood, despite all the challenges with not knowing about KS. My father was a good, great fisherman and loved, the, loved his beach and rock fishing. From as far back as I can recall, that had me with him, with him fishing. In later years, we fished from what we called a tinny. Sometimes mum was with us as well in the boat. Our tinny was a 20-foot aluminium boat with a 25-horsepower motor designed for the river fishing. I had a few friends that always seemed to come and join me, but when the crowds got too big, I sort of felt uncomfortable and I would just slip back across the road and, and I went home. I guess the solitude with my basset hound by my side, I really did enjoy. Generally, where you found me, you found my dog. As much as I enjoyed scouts and the surf club, I found it difficult keeping up physically as part of a team and not being able to call on a burst of energy as much as I tried. Physically, it just hurt, and mentally coming into camp, it hurt when you were hearing some of the snide remarks every now and then. Not a lot of them, but there was just one or two that had a bit of a smart tongue. But I still pushed and persevered. I also loved playing squash. Again, a non-team sport where you're one-on-one. Now these days, I know why I belonged in a team but did not enjoy it because my system lacked a quality level of testosterone due to the KS along with my hearing playing its part as well. I was lucky that with the low testosterone, I did not have low bone density because sometimes the two go hand in hand. However, I did run out of breath very easily. Figure this one out for me, Elliot. I was born right-handed, but with the cricket bat, I bat left-handed, but I bowled the cricket ball right-handed. Another sport was small ball rifle shooting on a target range of 30 metres. Again, remembering I am born right-handed, I shot from my left shoulder. 
I took home a trophy most weekends from my shooting competitions. Being a winner was not important. I just wanted to be on par with other people. So I guess it was easy to feel different, as you say. Other things were trying out a new hobby, like learning the guitar or woodworking. Learning chords and the coordination for changing chords on a guitar was near impossible for me. With having KS, finding an interest in something and being able to retain that interest in a hobby can be two different things, not having the ability for long-term focus. So in my life, I do not know how I managed to work and obtain my Queen Scout Award, the American equal with being your Eagle Scout. Plus, I obtained my surf rescue bronze when I was 16 years of age. I played comedy roles in some theatre work via the Scout gang shows over several years. I guess looking back, I had a mental drive to want and do and achieve things with my life. But I didn't know about the impact of the physical and mental aspects of KS. My general practitioner friend of 20 years, when I told him of my KS, his first words to me was, Pete, I know what you've done with your life. And for someone with KS, you are a high flyer. When I was in the support group a couple of years ago, there was an article turned up on a young chap who had just graduated with a Bachelor of Psychology. He had 47 XXY, he had autism, and he intends to specialise in um, children with 47 XXY. How supportive was your family? How did your parents deal with any differences or struggles they may have seen in you? I could not have been born into a more caring and supportive family with love abound. I guess my parents didn't see me as different. How could they? They just kept encouraging me to keep going. The family support was always there regardless. The teachers advised my parents in very junior years my reading and spelling was lacking. So mum at night would sit down with me at the dining table and choose a very large seven or eight word, letter word and we would see how many other words we could make out of that one large word. I was also encouraged to read a book for short periods every night going to bed. In my high school years I struggled with maths and my parents arranged for private maths tuition. My marks in maths jumped greatly. And I was um, with a tutor in a room on my own, one-on-one, -on -one, and I could hear him clearly. Because of this, with maths and what I did with my memory night today, I love to read and I love to do Sudoku problems. Uh, I play electronic scrabble with my friends. My parents were very supportive and patient with, um, with me being slow at times. Family love was so unconditional. Don't get me wrong, I got into trouble. Being a bit of a loner and a soft-natured child, my parents placed me in the scout movement and the surf club to try and learn to stand my ground and mix with people and learn to compete in life. If they had not done this, I am sure I would not have ended up as a wallflower just hanging there. Sadly, I lost Dad when I was 21 and Mum when I was 42. If it wasn't for them, I would not be where I am today. A lot of credit must also go to my wife as well with her unconditional love and support. She is such an angel of patience having been married for 44 years. What was the impact on you as you went from being a child to a teenager? 
I guess I always found myself observing others and behaving and trying to figure out, figure out where I fitted in with other people as a child, especially looking for friends. Eventually and slowly, I found my circle of friends, but again, I was always remembered being slow on the uptake with conversations and misunderstandings with my hearing. Plus, I was always concerned to being exposed to new situations or environments. Two years at a high school from age 13 was much the same as primary school. Just a repetitive battle of being slow in sport and battling with hearing and generally just keeping up uh, to get average grades. Looking back, I now understand why I was weaning myself also away from some boys I had been hanging around with for a long time. I now realise with, with some that I was not enjoying the, their change in behaviour. They went from friends to aggressive young teens wanting to look for occasional fights and picking, up, picking easy marks for a win. There was a lot more verbal abuse than physical abuse but I'm sure I was considered an easy mark for losing a fight. I'm sure it was all about hormones kicking in uh, with these boys. I always felt at school the girls never liked me as well. And we had a big reunion and one of the girls told me I shouldn't have felt that way. She said I was respected by the girls because I wasn't trying to always come on to them all the time. And that was something that I didn't realise. I was just scared of girls in my teens. I could talk to them, but I was never brave enough to be able to ask to come out on a Saturday night or something. In hindsight, do you see a relationship between your strengths and your struggles with the genetic difference that you discovered quite recently? That's a good question, Elliot. And it makes me realise that I've been seeking an answer to this question without realising what the question is for quite a while now. Looking back, the relationship between strength and struggles was based around anger with the whole situation from birth to now. Feeling different to people around me, either socially or at school learning. Being a bit slower to understand things. It was pure frustration. It's not to recent times in the past few years that I've realised the relationship between strengths and struggles has been based around my anger and mood swings. It has been the frustration of not obtaining a standard I wanted to reach a lot of the time. Frustration at not knowing why I was always struggling and why I wasn't achieving the level of self-expectation, again with feeling different among close friends. So my strength has been, in hindsight, my dream and doing my best to follow it. I'm only just starting to realise this with professional help, now that I'm understanding what KS does to you. Slowly but surely, I am learning to be more kind and patient to myself. Anger also comes not only having KS, but more so being overlooked by the medical professionals over the years. Had I been diagnosed very early, even as a young adult, how much more internal mental peace I could have had. Also, how much further in life could I have been? Since diagnosed at 63 years of age, life has been like a clock face. And that clock face is marked with awareness, grief, frustration, anger, and acceptance. And then on some days, it just goes all around the clock face again. And then the next day, I'll have a good day. 95% of my life, when you do the numbers, has been spent not knowing of my 47XXY.
Thank you for listening to this first of two episodes with Peter Street in what may be the first ever public testimony of someone diagnosed with an extra X or Y chromosome so late in life. As you heard, Peter's diagnosis shed completely new light on many of the challenges he faced growing up and throughout his adult life. And he's worked hard to come to terms with a seemingly endless diagnostic odyssey due primarily to lack of healthcare professional awareness. Peter's story provides a rare lived experience window into the compounding mental and physical issues that can result from lack of diagnosis over time, which he compares to getting into a boxing ring with as your opponent, the invisible man, and never being able to see where the punches are coming from. This matters because although prenatal detection is quickly rising, most people around the world with X and Y variations are never diagnosed throughout their lifetime, resulting in adverse health, professional, and social outcomes that could often have been relatively easily avoided had they been addressed earlier. In next week's second episode with Peter, you'll hear his hard-earned takeaways for people with genetic differences like himself, as well as for doctors, educators, and parents. You'll also hear Peter reveal why, despite much hesitation, he agreed to speak publicly for the first time. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please show your support by donating today. With your help, we'll ensure an easy listening experience so you can access engaging and authoritative information on common genetic diversity in children and adults, notified to you weekly in your inbox. Tune in next week for another eye-opening conversation about growing up with chromodiversity and have a wonderful day.